Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 11 of Walk On Radio. That's right. I'm still the king. Humphreys is hurting on the inside. I know he is. We had a good week this uh, last week. A couple surprise games, a lot of games that we knew what was coming. But Humphreys, you're still the loser of our pick How do you feel? I know you're used to winning everything and you're used to being this good football guy, but being behind the king, are you hurting? Are you, are you nervous? T- tell me how you're feeling. Listen, it's, it's as the old wise tale once said, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And we've got a lot of football to go. I'm one game back, certainly nothing to worry about. Uh, we'll get to our picks later, but a little birdie told me that this might be a big week. Yeah, this this week is going to change the standings for sure. But before we talk about scores and our picks, we have a lot of news that came out this week. And uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is, you know, the Sam Houston Bearcats and the Southland Conference. So, Humphreys, I'm going to let you handle it and talk to them about what we just found out today. So today we're uh, we're filming this on a Tuesday. Uh, And earlier today, the Southland Conference released their spring football schedule. Uh, A lot of people were really fired up about it. You know, I know the last couple of weeks has had a lot of unknowns as far as, you know, when we'd play, where we'd play, who we'd play, stuff of that nature. Uh, but after looking at it, I'm really excited, not only for the Southland Conference as a whole, but Sam Houston. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of things set up in, in our favor uh, as far as how the schedule is set up. Uh, I really like the, what the Southland Conference did as far as conference only and having a couple buys sprinkled in here and there uh, and just just the automatic qualifier for for the playoffs uh, and that was that was also announced today uh, and I'm sure Dalton will touch on that but that was announced today so I know that the incentive for for playing in the spring and having an opportunity to win a conference ring uh, but also a national ring is definitely a big deal. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to play this six-game schedule. Uh, it's going to be weird playing this spring, but we knew that from the beginning. Um, so seeing our schedule, Humphin, we had a new team in that wasn't originally in our, in our schedule, which is CELA or Southeastern Louisiana. With that being said, which game do you think will be the most challenging for us on our six-game schedule? Well, I'll say this, uh, you know, obviously in a, in a conference-only schedule, you know, you got to beat everybody, uh, really, to, if you want to if you want to win conference. Uh, with there only being six games, I would I would assume the conference champion goes six and zero, and that's just that's just my thought. And so, you know, um, with no Central Arkansas, who who would definitely be a contender in that, you definitely open up the door uh, for for a couple other teams. But I would. You know, even unbiasedly, I'd say that Sam Houston uh, is definitely the favorite coming in. But you know, Nichols is always going to have a good good ball club. Sela uh, last year showed that they could they could play with the big dogs. You know, they made the playoffs, and so that's that's obviously impressive. So, with that being said, I would say I would say the two toughest games are probably Nichols and Sela. Uh, luckily, Sam Houston has those at home. Uh, I don't know what fans will look like in five months but I'd rather play in a stadium in my stadium with no fans than someone else's with no fans and so I think that'll be a big advantage uh in a in a primetime game for us but 
in the Southland Conference, you know, it, it's typical that teams beat up on each other, and so you you definitely have to treat every game like it's a championship game. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really fun to watch the Southland Conference because you know I kind of relate the Southland to the Big Twelve, where there's always a team that seems to come in and ruins everybody's day. You know, Lamar has always come in and upset a bunch of teams, and you can't forget about Incarnate Word because they won the conference two years ago. They still have a nice little squad with them. Uh, like he said, I don't know how the fans are going to be in the spring. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some more people. Um, with what the what the FBS is doing, it seems like they've been getting a nice crowd in their stadiums. And you have to rem- remember that our stadiums are probably going to be or are mostly a lot smaller than the other ones. So seeing that they're kind of filling up is going to be good news for us. Maybe we'll have a better better crowd. Here's, so, huh? here's, well, here's sorry to interrupt you, but here's a here's another thing to think about that you know a lot of people haven't talked about. I know amongst us and our friends. This is something that we're excited about, but you know FCS uh, is going to be the highest level of, of football, college football in the nation in the spring, and so you know, there, you know, there's not going to be a Texas, there's not going to be a Texas A&M, no TCU, no Baylor, and so really, Sam Houston State for the spring is kind of the top dog in the state of Texas, and so that that's exciting for me. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think that there'll be some good TV opportunities, some national televised games. Because uh, who doesn't watch football, you know? Uh, I think that year-round football is never a bad thing. Um, you know, me and my dad talked the other day about how the, the, the day after the Super Bowl is the worst day of the year. Because, you know, after that, there's no football. Well, now, all of a sudden, day after the Super Bowl, you know, we're two weeks away from, from Sam Houston State football. And so that's that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Uh, one, of the, one of the many positives uh, in playing in the spring and uh, so definitely, definitely excited about that, Dalton. Yeah, it's going to be really nice, uh, and, you know, especially with FCS. And, you know, we relate watching Sam Houston. There's a lot of players that kind of go under the radar. We had a few athletes last year that because of Corona and not being able to get that pro day, they missed out on chances to go to the league when they had plenty of potential to do so. So maybe getting this primetime air and getting more people to watch us, it gives more of our players a chance to go out there and look really good. Um, and, and going off of what he said, you know, you saw last week and then this week coming up, SFA has had two ESPN games. And, you know, we're the same conference. They're playing UTEP. They're, they're not playing these big primetime teams, but they're still getting a lot of good time. So it'll be fun to watch us and other good FCS schools getting uh, a lot of screen time. Now, Humph, I want to ask you about Sam Houston. You know, I get to watch it. I'm, I'm there. You're there. And we're starting pads up in a, in a couple weeks. So how how's Sam Houston looking from your perspective? You know, give us give the people a little update of how the team is and how everything's working together. Man, I think we look great. Uh, given the circumstances, you know, a shortened uh, summer workout program. Uh, obviously, we never started up fall camp, and so we haven't we haven't been in full pads yet. But uh, I definitely like what I see. Uh, I think Eric Schmid is throwing the ball around, and you know, if we can keep him healthy, we obviously showed last year that Sam Houston State can be that dominant offense that that it once was uh you know receiver i would say it's the deepest we've been in in certainly a couple years you know you've got eight nine ten guys each practice making plays uh you know we've had some good transfers in on offensive line that i'm excited about and so you know we lost we lost some really talented offensive linemen last year and so i'm certainly excited about it tight end room running back room they both look solid uh, and that's just on the offensive side of the ball. We know what the defense has got. You know, last year they were arguably the best defense in the entire nation. Well, this year, my bet is that they are the best defense in the entire nation. Yeah, you know, with the defense being so successful, it becomes the offensive uh, duty to match up with them. I think another cool thing about these practices 
and this coming up spring ball, fall ball type deal is it gives a lot of the young players a chance to get in there and play with the ones and twos. You know, you never know what happens with COVID. Some people might have to sit out. Some people are quarantined. So it gives a lot of players a chance to step up and show what they can do. And uh, so it's giving us a lot of depth in our room and in all the other rooms. So it's going to be it's going to be a great season for the Bearcats and for the Southland Conference. And I know our coaches are doing a really good job. Speaking of our coaches, Huff, you know, I don't know if y'all have been seeing on Twitter, but we've had a couple of our, our own coaches giving us the picks. And uh, we might see them later on the show. Hump, tell us a little bit more about what's going on with our own Bearcat coaches. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I want to first talk about, you know, Coach Merkins. Uh, he's an inside, inside receiver coach here, special teams guy. Uh, he, uh, he took some interest in the show, wanted to uh, give his picks, uh, kind of piggyback off of ours. And I know week to week we're definitely excited to do that. Uh, coach Archer, our receivers coach, did, uh, did the same thing. You know, uh, they didn't have a good week last week. I'm not gonna tough lie. Week. Yeah, tough week. Hopefully, hopefully we can get them on the show and uh, kind of uh, get a little pick them pick them action for the rest of the season going. Uh, I think Coach Rogers is gonna jump on the bandwagon for the rest of the season as well. That's your boy, tight end coach. Yeah, we got a Coach Rogers said he was interested. Uh, I'm a little worried about him. He's not a, he's not the best picker either. I know Coach Merkins is really good. He knows his thing, Coach Archer, so hopefully they'll be able to you know step it up and make some better picks. They're not going to be able to dethrone me. <laughs> Maybe they'll dethrone Hump. He's not that good at picks either, <laughs> but I'm reigning supreme. Uh, in other news with FCS, you know they we were talking about playoffs and the automatic qualifier. Well, they have, they have officially announced how the playoffs are going to work. And I know you touched up on it a little bit earlier, Humph, but tell me about how this playoffs works. And is it is this a positive? Is this, is this a is this bad compared to what they used to do? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Talk to me about the FCS playoffs. Well, first off, I want I want to say that any any form of playoffs is better than nothing. Uh, and I know a lot of people were worried with the uh, the push to make the spring season somewhat shorter uh, in regards to next fall. You know, not not changing anything uh, on the start date with that. But uh, you know they're they're cutting the field from twenty four to sixteen. Uh, there's going to be eleven automatic qualifiers, and so that that only leaves five at larges. And so there's definitely a big push, uh, you know, a, a big incentive to go out and win your conference. Uh, with with only five at larges, you know, there's a great chance that there's there's some really talented teams that stay home uh, when the regular season's over. I know that you know. Missouri Valley Conference, the uh, the CAA, the Big Sky, you know, every year those 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 conferences are having three or four teams make the twenty four team playoff field. Well, there there's really not enough room for that this year, uh, and so with, with eleven automatic qualifying spots left, you know, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really competitive to be one of the five at larges. Now, you know, like you said, with the Big Sky and all these big conferences uh, getting those automatic bids and those at-larges, how do you think the Southland Conference fit in those at-large bids? Do you think we have a good chance of getting one of those spots? You know, if we have the same record as a Big Sky team or if one of the Southland teams, would they pick them over us? Is it power of conference? How do you think we fit with the, the at-large, the five spots? Uh, You know, honestly, I would say that it, it, it hurts that Central Arkansas is not playing. Uh, it hurts that... You know, Abilene Christian and HBU are not playing in the spring because those are those are typically pretty pretty solid teams in the Southland. Obviously, Central Arkansas is a pretty highly ranked uh, squad, but yeah, it would it would just be something that they would have to decide at the end of the year. You know, did you did you go five and one and your one loss was against the conference champion and you played them close? Uh, you know, it definitely 
definitely got to win the games you're supposed to because uh, you can't you're not going to be able to uh, to overcome the bad loss uh, as easy as you could in the past. I think the the margin for error is almost none this year. Yeah, it's going to be a really competitive uh, playoff, and it's going to be really interesting to see who they throw into the uh, at-large bids. You know, talking about conferences and, you know, the power they hold, I don't know if you read this, but the Big Ten, you know, they announced their schedules, and they punished Nebraska. They gave them a harder schedule on purpose due because they were they were talking a lot and they were protesting the fact that they held out in the beginning. How do you feel? What's your reaction to that hump? You know, do you think the Did conf- they actually give them a hard, hard yeah, schedule? Yeah, it came out. They they gave them they gave them Wisconsin. They gave them. I mean, uh, but like, was that like on purpose or did yeah, it just happen that way? The, apparently, what I've been reading is I that think you made that up. I did not make that. I think up. you made that. Yeah, up. On, on, that that sounds like a huge conspiracy. It, it's a conspiracy. If it's that. a conspiracy or not. That. Do you think I, conferences have the power to do that to teams that, you know, act no, out or I, speak I, out? I don't. I That that sounds so fake. I'm not even going to lie. It's, I, that, I've been reading you, what I've been reading. You got that off of, what's it called, TMZ? I did yeah, not get you got that off of TMZ. TMZ. Yeah. You know, that's what the, you know, the of course no. the Nebraska coaches are speaking out. And a lot of reporters are saying that the commissioner made that decision because. Yeah, that, that, that's just called being butthurt, if, if you look, If you look at the schedules, they have a, a much harder schedule than a lot of the other teams. It's a little bit unfair. I mean. But, Ohio State and Wisconsin are getting the, the lower Big Ten teams. Oh and Nebraska is getting goodness. all the harder teams. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm going to bet that it was probably somewhat random i don't know you, you gonna, got you got to look at the schedules and tell me uh, what you think I, i'm gonna bet it was somewhat random well moving on from that <laughs> we're we're gonna look at it and talk about it next episode but i did have a question for you and uh, i was talking about this with some of the other players during practice one day and uh it was about this you know even the super bowl and the national championship and now throwing in the fcs national championship you know with the super bowl and the national championship playing in the fall are they going to have no fans at the well, Super Bowl? Super Bowl is in February. Oh, it is. Yeah. So well, even even if if not if nothing changes, do you see them having a Super Bowl with no fans? Do you see them postponing no. it? No. How would they? I'll stop you there. No. <laughs> so how would they work it? You know, would they uh, would they make you pay more to watch it? How do you think that's going to work? Because the Super Bowl is their bread and butter. Same for the national championship. And if they can't have the amount of fans that they normally have, how do they make their money? Because you know, it, NCAA and the NFL are mostly money uh, driven. Well, first of all, the, the the TV revenue that they're getting from the national championship and the Super Bowl uh, is, is where most of the money's coming from. It's not it's not from tickets. Uh, I, I'd be willing to bet anything on that. But you know, I, there's going to be people there uh, for a couple of reasons. A because there just will be. Uh, you know, I've always said it. The NFL was going to play this season whether they played here or on the moon. You know what I mean? They they were going to make it happen. Uh, you know. Is there going to be 100,000 people with the national championship? Maybe not, but there'll be 50, you know? I just I don't see a scenario where there's no fans uh, at an event like that. And and also, Dalton, we, we have no idea what, what all this is going to look like in February, you know? I mean, we could, we could wake up in November, December, and things are starting to look better. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I, I mean, I, there's been fans at games uh, so far, and, and, and from what I've heard, it's been fun. I know the Dallas Cowboys this weekend – had had around twenty five thousand, and I haven't heard any negativity from that. And that's a, you know, that's a hundred, that's a hundred thousand people stadium. And obviously, they were able to spread them out pretty well. Uh, and so, you know, I, you know, obviously, obviously, it's a good, good question to talk about. But I would say, in the grand scheme of things, yes, they're going to have fans at those games. Yeah, and you know, 
if you look at the stats now, Texas, our num- the COVID numbers have really, they started to flatline. They're getting to a better number. Uh, they started letting restaurants open up more. And I know University of Texas is having 25,000, and uh, they've had one of the bigger numbers in COVID cases. So it seems that everything is slowly going on its way down, which is great news. But you never know what happens, especially with the Super or the NFL want to be as careful as they could be. Now, I did hear a rumor that if it doesn't change, there's a chance that the Super Bowl could go pay-per-view. Now, Humphreys, if, if the Super Bowl goes pay-per-view, are you buying the watching or are you just going to find another way, you know, stream it illegally, the, the, all the alien sites? Or would you pay $60 for, like, a Super Bowl pay-per-view? Well, so so first off, if my Dallas Cowboys made it, I'm paying $1,000. <laughs> uh, first off, let me, let me be clear. Uh, but, yes, I would pay pretty much whatever reasonable amount to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, I, though I don't think they would do that considering how much ads cost uh, to run during the Super Bowl. I think that they make plenty of money off of that. But, yes, if there was pay-per-view, I would definitely be buying it. Yeah, I, I mean, it, unfortunately, your Cowboys aren't going to the Super Bowl. It's, it will be the Packers. We'll talk about that later because we're going we're gonna to hold on the NFL. Um, and some more college football news, and, uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about it. Our boy Deion Sanders is now the head coach. You know, he's been coaching high school. He's coached his son. And he's got a lot of athletes out of his school, and now he's going to coach in college. Do you like this move? Do you not like this move? And how do you think this is going to affect the university? Uh, well, it's definitely uh, definitely can't hurt the university. Uh, you know, uh, Jackson State, you know, they're an HBCU. Uh, I believe they play in the, in the MEAC or the SWAC. One, one, of the, one of those. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, but, yeah, that, that I would say for recruiting – that's probably the best move they could possibly make. Who who would not want to send their son to play for Dion Primetime Sanders? I mean, that's you know, I mean that that's almost bigger than than any facility thing you could add to a, to a football program. Uh, you know, I think I think that's probably you know if you if if, if your son wants to play uh, big time college football, and let's say hypothetically speaking, he's got he's got a choice between let's say i don't know louisiana monroe and jackson state well louisiana monroe is an fbs school but jackson state has Deion sanders as their coach well good grief what who who, who has better contacts than Deion sanders at, at the nfl level or just in life i mean talk about talk about the connections that that guy can, can open up for for your kid i mean that's that's pretty big time yeah, and it seems to be it's kind of seemed to be a trend a lot. Even if you look at the NBA, the Nets now have uh, Steve Nash, so a lot of former athletes are coming back to coach. Now, Humph, if you're if you're let's say you're a GM or you're a president of a school and you have a former player come back and you're worried about his how he coaches, but you know he's a former player, would you still take him? Is you are you a little bit more strict when it comes to former players, or if it's someone at their level like Deion Sanders, would you hire them on the spot? Well, I would say, uh, you know, obviously it's about winning ball games. Uh, you know, you can you can hire whatever celebrity figure you want, but if they don't win ball games, that that's the end of it. You got to fire them. But I would I would definitely find it hard pressed to say that Deion Sanders does not know the game of football just as just as well as anybody else. I mean, I mean that's a hall of, that's a Hall of Fame NFL football player, one of the greatest college players of all time, one of the greatest NFL players of all time in his position. And so to say he doesn't know the game of football well enough to coach at a high level is I mean that's that's pretty crazy to me yeah and you you look at there's different kinds of head coaches you know a lot of coaches a lot of head coaches will call what they want to call but there's a lot of head coaches that you know they're more of a figure they they go to the meetings they shake hand they kiss babies and then they hire the right people so even if Deion Sanders doesn't know what he's doing not saying he does because he did a great job in high school 
All he has to do is hire the right offensive defensive coordinator, and now he's a figure for recruiting and a figure for the school. That's a great image for them. So either way, I think this is a great pick. I think they're going to do really well with him in recruiting, and maybe they can have a good run. Um, so our last news before we get on to our uh, scores and picks, and this is going to the NFL, is my goodness. I don't know if y'all have seen the amount of injuries that happened week two of the NFL, especially with the big-name players. You know, Nick Bosa, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, a lot of injuries, a couple ACL injuries. You know, we had shoulders, ACLs, ankles. Huh, what's going on? Is this the, is this the lack of an offseason? Why week two? What is happening with these injuries, and what do you think is the cause of it? Well, I definitely think it's a mixture of a lack of offseason. Uh, you can't really blame it on preseason games because, let's be honest, I don't know how many carries Saquon Barkley is getting in the preseason for the Giants, you know? So I think lack of offseason, maybe not lack of offseason, but a, a, a different offseason, you know? Obviously, guys in the NFL work out on their own. They have, you know, pay a lot of money for, for high-dollar trainers. But, you know, are they getting full-speed reps? Are you are you jumping and landing full-speed? Uh, and, and you know, with, with everyone's corona – uh, situation being different, you never know what a guy what a guy's been doing for the months before. Uh, and so I hate it for those guys. I never never want to see a guy uh, lose a year because of injury, uh, especially people that are that are the top players in the NFL like Saquon Barkley, Bosa, uh, Bruce Irvin, like you know dudes like that. Uh, but yeah, I, and I also think it's just bad luck. I mean that that stuff happens, you know. Football's a, a dangerous game. Injuries happen. It's part of it. But, you know, all you can do is pray for those guys and, and hope that they have a, a speedy recovery and come back better than ever. So, you know, talking about Bosa, we're not going to cover the 49ers game, but Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt. Nick Bosa's hurt. George Kittle is in and out. He missed last week. Mostert out. Mostert. Yep. What is, is this going to affect that division completely? And I know we had them third. We didn't think they were going to win. But how bad do these injuries going to affect that division and the 49ers? It changes them. Uh, you know, I, it's like me and you have said, they're definitely a systematic team uh, led by a good defense and a, and a good offensive scheme. But if you don't have anybody to, to run that scheme as, as far as Garoppolo at QB. Uh, Mostert really has been a breakout player the first two weeks. And then Bosa is one of the best D linemen in the game. And so... Uh, you know, they have a great coaching staff, obviously, because they went to the Super Bowl last year. But it definitely uh, opens up the door for, for old Arizona, I'll tell you that, who beat them week one. I know. My uh, my Cardinals pick is looking better and better every week. But I don't want them to win at the expense of the 49ers getting hurt because then that takes away my great take. Before we talk about all that, let's get on the college football. We had a good week of college football. And the first score we're going to talk about is the one that got me my the upper the upper uh, on the score and that's Marshall and Appalachian State seventeen to seven and what happened upset alert again Marshall's now ranked Grant Wells the quarterback what happened in that game well obviously uh, obviously Marshall is the real deal because App State has a good program um, I don't know it's like it's like they weren't ready or something uh, you know you saw I know a lot of people probably on social media saw the play where. The app stayed. I think it was the tight end. He he he's heading for a pretty walk in touchdown, mm. and uh, the Marshall guy comes up. Defender comes up behind him, punches the ball out, and and gets a touchback instead of an easy walk in touchdown for App State. So you know things like that can't happen if you want to win high level college football. But yeah, 
kudos to Marshall on that win. Yeah, little mistakes like that can change the game. And I'm really surprised about Marshall. They've really turned their program around. And like I said, it's behind that quarterback, Grant Wells. He's been doing a great job. And uh, I saw it coming. I knew the upset was there. And I don't think we can call it an upset no more. Marshall is in the game, and they're making a good run. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about is uh, Louisiana Lafayette and Georgia State. Now, it was a close game the whole way. It seemed Georgia State had the upper hand a little bit. The Raging Cages came back. And the very end of overtime, they're running in the score. Are Georgia State and Louisiana Lafayette the real deal this year or what? Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, Lafayette's uh, win over a, a Big 12 team is, is obviously impressive. Um, you know, um, we'll, we'll see as the season goes. You know, they're, they're, they're ranked the highest they've ever been in program history. And so that's that's a positive for uh, for anybody. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I think think a close win in, in overtime over a over a team that's not as good as you, you know, doesn't really matter. Uh, a win is a win in my book, how, however you get it done. So, you know, go Raging Cajuns. How, uh, in your opinion, how long do you think this this Raging Cajun rank stays? Do you think they lose next week? Are they going to keep this run going, or or is this a one hit wonder dream? Well, I could see them. I could see the run keep going, but the problem is, is that there's no there's no Big Ten teams ranked right now, and so you know when they start assimilating them back into the rankings, what does it do to the non Power Five teams? Yeah, it, it'll definitely affect. And then the SEC once they start playing, right. uh, the rankings will go up and right. down. Uh, the next two games we're going to talk about were both blowout wins. Clemson, 49-0 against the Citadel. Notre Dame, 52-0 against U- U- USF. Now, Clemson, Citadel, how good does Trevor Lawrence look? I mean, he was throwing stuff on the dot. He's making that Heisman run. He's making the national championship run. Is Clemson still the number one team, without a doubt? Again, I don't care. I don't care who's in front of you. You know, Trevor Lawrence didn't decide who they played that week. And uh, all he can do is go out and throw touchdowns, and that's what he did. And so for that, to, to me, he looks like the best player in college football, uh, the perennial number one pick next season. And uh, definitely Clemson is the favorites to win the national championship this year. So, you know, Citadel has played Clemson before. You know, they almost beat them, and they are an FCS team. And this made me bring up a question that I was wondering about. Was the FCS playing in the fall really a smart choice? We've, we've looked at all these matchups, and, you know, we follow the Southland, so I've been watching HBU and SFA. And, you know, even though HBU is having some close games, it hasn't seemed like a lot of FCS teams have won any games. So, and especially with the spring and now the playoffs are announced, do you think that playing in the fall was a smart choice? I know money's in play, and you get to play against teams you might not play a lot, but at the end of the day, how do you feel about this decision for these teams to play in the fall? I'll say this. Um, I know that everyone has different motives uh, to play in the fall or to not play in the fall. And so it's definitely a case-by-case situation. But, you know, for me, my personal opinion, um, it don't mean a thing without a ring. And and if you you can't play for a conference championship or you can't play uh, for a national title – then what's the point? You know, are we are we playing to have cool experiences? Uh, you know, two times in the fall, get our butts kicked by Texas, and you know, go get back on the bus and go home. Because you know, though that that's you know, I'm sure that's awesome. That's great. But I'm I'm here to win a ring. You know, I I bust my butt week in and week out to try and achieve the highest award I can I can achieve, and that's that's a conference championship and a national championship. 
You know, that's awesome for for HBU that they're playing these FBS teams close. That's great. That's awesome that SFA has played two nationally televised games, and those are awesome experiences that 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 those kids will remember for a lifetime. But they're not going to have anything to show for it, you know. And so I think you're depriving, I think you're depriving kids uh, the full college athletic experience because you know I've never won a conference championship. Um, and I know if and when that happens, that that will be one of the, the greatest athletic feats that I've ever been a part of. And I, I don't doubt that. Yeah, and I, I get what the schools are doing. You know, a lot of like schools like HBO, they need money to continue going because they're brand new. But, uh, you know, it's un, it's it, it hurts for the players. You don't get to go and compete, especially when you look at a six-game schedule. And if you're a team like UCA who's confident that they're going to win the conference, you see that it's only six games and you have to go undefeated, they're, they would probably be really excited to go for a conference championship, and now that's gone. And there's teams like SFA where the coach really felt like that we weren't having a spring uh, season. Well, now he's probably regretting it, seeing that it's already set in stone and getting ready to roll. So it, it's unfortunate for FCS schools. I know what they're, I know what they're doing. But getting letting the FCS schools play in the spring is going to be really fun for us, and they get to watch and prepare for next fall when we get right back into it. Uh, so looking at more games, unfortunately for us, Baylor versus Houston was postponed because of uh, COVID cases, which is going to happen a lot. I know TCU has been postponed a few times because of it. Do you see Baylor and Houston playing again, or they, is that out the schedule now the conference is starting to pick up? I, I would say probably not. You know, Big 12 conference play is about to start, so I don't really know where that would fit that in. Uh, but, you know, that's definitely a game that I was excited about. You know, always an interstate game like that uh, is is always fun to watch. But, you know, I'm sure they'll meet down the road uh, in years to come. Yeah, it was going to be a really good matchup, especially for people in Texas. Do you know how big that game would have been? Uh, another big game that kind of disappointed everyone thought was going to be a high-scoring matchup, Oklahoma State versus Tulsa. Now, I know Oklahoma State lost their quarterback in the beginning. Their receiver, their main receiver was in and out. Tulsa's defense looked really good, and their quarterback, Zach Smith, looked really good. What happened with Oklahoma State? I know Chubba Hubbard played, and he didn't really get a lot done. Is that towards a bad Oklahoma State offense or a really good Tulsa defensive line? Yeah, uh, you know, I would say I would say losing your starting quarterback early on is definitely a, a tough mountain to climb, uh, especially in in your first game of the season after after a long layover. But uh, Chubba Hubbard, if he's if he's truly the best running back in college football, you got to do better than that. You know, uh, he he snapped his hundred yard game streak. I think it was like sixteen games in a row or something crazy. Uh, he's got to be better than that. You know, Tulsa is. Is not a formidable foe to Oklahoma State. You know, a team that some people have going to the college football playoff. I think Desmond Howard has them going to the national championship. He said that on game day, and that it was not a national championship team. You know that that team's not beating Texas. That team's not beating OU. Uh, and so if they if they want to if they want to compete for a national title, they're going to have to look a lot better than that. Yeah, and I you kind of answered the question already, but. In our college football preview, you had Oklahoma State really high on your Big 12 list. You know, you were really high on them. After watching this game, does that change? Do you think they're not going to make as good of a run? Or do you feel, think they can come back and surprise a lot of people? Uh, I'm not going to go back on my word after one game. Uh, but, I, you know, if I had to say something, I would definitely say that this is Texas or OU's conference to lose. Yeah, and that matchup is going to be really good. Uh, you said week six, right? Two weeks, yep. It's coming. That's going to be a, you know, we're, we're going to have to pick it, you know. So it's going to be really interesting to see who we go with. 
Uh, another team that we made our picks on was Georgia Tech versus UCF, and wow. We both picked Georgia Tech, right, or did you pick UCF? We both, we both picked Georgia Tech. What a mistake we both made. 49-21, yeah. to UCF with the win. Now, you know, I ask this all the time. Was this a great UCF offensive showdown or performance, or was this a bad Georgia Tech defense? Because their, their quarterback still looked good. You know, I was high on him. But UCF's quarterback, my goodness, he was having himself a day. A lot of people were having the MVP of college football of the week, too. What happened in that game? Well, after the game, he said that uh, – not only are they the best team in their conference, they're the best team in Florida. So yeah. that's that's over Florida, that's over Miami, that's over Florida State, and so that's that's awful, awfully big words uh, from a from the quarterback from UCF. And so you know maybe they're the real deal. I definitely uh, underestimated them. Uh, I liked what I saw out of Georgia Tech uh, against Florida State. They've got that young, really dynamic quarterback, but they weren't they weren't able to get it done over a obviously talented uh, Central Florida. Now, let me ask you this, and I know we haven't seen Florida play yet, and I had them in our updated Final Four. I had them number four. Um, who you win, Who wins in the game, Miami or UCF? Because we, we can't say anything about Florida yet because we haven't seen them. They're probably going to be the best team in Florida. But if you go right now, Miami versus UCF, who are you taking? Boy, that is, that is really tough. I like, what I, I like what I've seen out of both. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with De'Aaron King. I, I like what I see out of that kid. You know, Manville, Manville, Texas alum. Uh, he uh, he kind of diced up Louisville this week, and I'm sure we're about to talk about that game next. But uh, we both we both had Miami winning that one. Uh, they did handedly. Uh, Derek King looked pretty nice, and so give me give me the Hurricanes in that one. And before we talk about the Hurricanes and Louisville, you know, I don't know if we ever did bring this up, but with the Big Ten coming back in the in the in the view. In our final four, we had to switch things around, and I know you had Georgia in there. Which God, we got to we got to do our final four again. Yeah, we we haven't back. even brought that up. Good lord! Are you putting Ohio State back in? A lot of people have them in the national championship. Uh, what do you do with Georgia? You know, I have to make my decision about Florida. Are you going back to your original pick? Or are you switching up a little bit? How does this affect your final four? Honestly, I'm probably switching up a little bit. It's probably going to be a little bit of the first time we did it, and a little bit of the second time we did it. Uh, hard to not put Ohio State in there, uh, but you know I, I could see Georgia missing out. But you know what? Let's let's do it off the top of our heads, Dalton. I know we didn't we didn't prep for this, but uh, I, I'm ready. You, you ready to do this? You I know can, what? I'm, I'm gonna make ready, a, dude. I'm gonna make a hot take. I'm ready to go. But okay, you go ahead, go first. Number four. Wait for it. Give me the University of Texas. Ooh, oh wait. baby, give me give me Texas, baby. Uh, number three, ooh, 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 give me Ohio State. Ooh, long, long layoff. Three. I bumped them from two to three. You know, I think Justin Fields is is definitely out to prove something. He wants to win that Heisman Trophy over Trevor Lawrence. Number two, no-brainer here. Give me the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Nick Saban will dominate the SEC. I guarantee it. And number one, I'm sticking with it, Clemson. Now, I don't, I don't know even you, need to say anything. I don't know if you're ready for this because you know me, I never make safe picks. Number four, I'm going University of Texas. You know, I'm, I, I've been just like my Cardinals. I've been holding on to them. I think they're going to have a great run. They just can't lose the, the nobody teams, the Texas Techs and the TCUs. They have to stick with it, be strong. Number three, you ready for this, Hope? I'm keeping my Florida Gators. Ooh. I'm keeping Florida. I think they win the SEC. Mac Jones was named the starter for Alabama. I don't know how long that's last with Bryce Young, you know, that star freshman coming in. I think he might come in halfway through. This could damp, damper up my plans. 
But I think Florida's got it. Kyle Trask is the is one of the oldest quarterbacks to play behind Kellen Mod, most experienced. I like the Florida Gators. I like their offense. But like Texas, they lose a lot of games that they shouldn't lose. So just like my Cardinals, I'm making a hot take. Number two, Ohio State, Justin Fields. You know, they have they've always had a great team. They're still gonna have a great team. They're gonna have a great run. And number one, Clemson. Do I need to say anything? So I'm no, kicking no Bama Alabama. out. I'm kicking no Bama Alabama. out. Alabama. That's that's lofty. I went strong on Florida. I got to keep my word, and I can't give up on Texas yet. If they lose a nobody game, I'm throwing them out instantly. <laughs> but I like Florida. So still. like when when Iowa State beats Texas, they're yeah, gone. Of course, yeah. when that happens. But uh, you know, I you know I just don't know about Alabama. I don't know about Mac Jones. If Bryce Young comes in, it could change everything. But I'm sticking with Florida. Chop them up to the swamp. Go Gators. Speaking of Florida teams, our final pick, Miami versus Louisville. Now, it was me and Humph versus Coach Archer and Coach Merkins. They both picked Louisville. I picked Miami. I thought it was going to be a shutout. A lot better game than I expected. Two really high-powered offenses, two terrible defenses. But let me just say, Miami's tight ends looking really good. They got Brevin Jordan. Brevin he made Jordan some plays. is a big man. They got a big old boy. His last name's like Malroy or something. He scored a touchdown. Love Miami. I love their offense. What happened that game? Two good offenses. Was it just going to be a shootout till the end? And De'Aaron King went up, went on top. Yeah, I I think it was two really talented, dynamic quarterbacks, and Miami came out on top. It's as simple as that. Now, De'Aaron King Heisman is he is he in the running now? Is he is he a high number in the Heisman running? Ah, uh, you know, top eight or nine maybe. Not I just I, I just it, the Heisman Trophy. Let's let's not act like that's not somewhat of a team award too. Uh, if you go back and look, a lot of times. You know, one of the top two teams, top three teams in the nation has the Heisman Trophy winner. And so, you know, unless Miami, um, you know, finishes real close to the top, I don't see Derek King winning the Heisman. But, you know, you never know. Johnny Menzel, they didn't, A&M didn't do great that year. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, I don't I don't think Louisville did did too much that year. But, you know, you never know. Derek King's obviously a special talent, so we'll see. Yeah, it still looks like it's Trevor Lawrence's to lose. Oh, it is. Another he's gonna, question. He's going to win it. You had him high in your Heisman ranking. Is Chubba Hubbard out of the Heisman running just because of – and you know, just like in college football, you can't have one bad game. It changes everything. Are we taking Chubba Hubbard out of the Heisman running? Uh, again, uh, I think I think the first game of the season, no starting quarterback. Can't really take him out yet, but he's definitely walking the tightrope for the Heisman Trophy. So we'll have to continue on and watch the Heisman running as we move on. And now we get to our picks. Like I said, this is a big week. A lot of different answers it seems like we got going. First game we got, they just lost last week. We got Louisville versus Pitt. Who you got and why? Oh, man. You know, Pitt's at home. Uh, pretty sure they've only played FCS teams so far. Uh, no knock on the FCS, but that's, you know, for, for a team of, of Pitt's stature, uh, you know, ranked pretty high. That's Those are easier games. They handled them. Look, look good. Uh, but, man... I watched I watched that quarterback this last week for Louisville, and I really like what I saw. Uh, and that that receiver Tutu Atwell, they say he's one of the fastest guys in college football. And so, give me the give me the Louisville Cardinals in this one. Yeah, I I'm going Louisville as well. I doubted them last week. I thought Miami was going to stomp them, but they always seem to have a high powered offense, one of the best ranks in college football every year. So I'm going Louisville with a high powered offense. Pitt cannot keep up. Hopefully, Co- Coach Merkins was right about Louisville. Uh, the next game we're going to pick is going to be a tough one. Iowa State versus TCU. This is TCU's first game because of uh, Corona and having to postpone games. Iowa State got stomped in an embarrassing game. Can they make the comeback? Humph, who you got? 
Man, uh, yeah, you said you said TCU hadn't played a game yet. They've had a couple games canceled. Uh, I love Gary Patterson. You know, he's he's one of the top coaches in college football. Uh, watching watching Iowa State that that first week that they played, uh, you know, a lot of high hopes for Brock Purdy. Uh, it's gonna be a dad joke, but he did not look Purdy in Week One. <laughs> let me tell you. So for that, give me and 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 remember the quote we had quote we had in an earlier episode. You know, came from a TCU coach, and that's fight them till hell freezes over, and then fight them on the ice. Okay, Ooh, give me wait. the frogs. At Eamon G. Carter in Fort Worth, Texas. Shout out my sister, alma mater, for the TCU Horned Frogs. Give me the frogs in, in a win here. Man, that's a good pick. Look, so that's our first difference. We've only had two games, and that's our first difference. Yeah, and I know you got your personal connection with uh, TCU. I get it. But look, this is TCU's first game. And we saw Navy the first time they played. Good Lord. Well, surely, I, I can promise you Gary Patterson has had his boys tackling uh, uh, before Navy did. Look, I don't know if you've seen these last couple years of what Iowa State does. They ruin people's seasons every year. I Brock Purdy had a terrible game, but I still believe in him. He's one of the highest ranked quarterbacks. Give me Iowa State Cyclones. Never pick, take the safe pick. I'm going to Iowa State. The next game. We've we've seen both of them, Tulsa versus Arkansas State. We haven't voted on Tulsa before, but we have picked against Arkansas State. They did really well. They they made us look foolish. Tulsa, Arkansas State. Who do you got? Yeah, I, uh, last time I kind of kind of looked stupid talking so bad about Arkansas State. Uh, I picked correctly. I had Memphis over them, but Arkansas definitely gave them a run for their money. And so, uh, give me Arkansas State. Give me the Red Wolves over over Tulsa this week. Mm, another. Pick that we don't agree on. I just I watched the Oklahoma State Tulsa game all the way through because I wanted to see how bad Oklahoma State was going to beat Tulsa, and look at me being wrong. Tulsa fought. They made Chubba Hubbard not run for a hundred yards. That's great, and I know Oklahoma State didn't have their uh, starting quarterback, but he came back and he still only they held him to sixteen points. I like Zach Smith, Tulsa's quarterback, and I like Tulsa's defense. Give me Tulsa over Arkansas State. Arkansas State is still a dream team like the Raysian Cajuns. And our last game, another good game. We got Army versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati is looking predicted with the American Conference. Army, they are Army. You know how they are. Are you going with the with the military or are you going with the American Conference? Son, I'm, I'm proud to be an American. And for this pick, I'm staying the same. Give me the Army Black Knights in this one. I think since he's a talented team, they're a fellow Bearcat mascot, but give me Army. See, this is surprising from you because you're big on Cincinnati. You love them. Bearcats with a C, not a K. I still like Cincinnati. I don't know if they're going to win the American Conference because I like Houston. I like a lot of teams in the American Conference. I like Memphis, but I still like Cincinnati. I think they're going to overpower Army, and I know that's hard to say because Army is the most disciplined. They got strong fullbacks. I should love Army because how they use their fullbacks. I'm going Cincinnati, the safe pick. I know, look at me making the safe pick, but um, I like Cincinnati. So through four college games, you and I have three differences. I'm telling this you. This is a swing week. This is going to change this everything. This is the swing week, for sure. But I'm still going to remain the king because I do what I do. Don't make safe picks, except for the Cincinnati game. <laughs> now to the NFL. You know, we have a lot of games. We're going to kind of brush through some of them. But before we talk about our picks, you know, we got to talk about both of our boys, the Packers and the Cowboys. I'm going to let you go first because, ooh-wee, in the beginning, stanky, stanky, stanky. Wait, wait a minute. I'm a fool. It's fantasy football time. Before we even talk about the NFL, Ryan has his three-minute 
This, fantasy is, this, drill. is this the three minute fantasy fire Whatever drill? Whatever he called Three it. minute fantasy fire drill. Is that a t- is that t shirt worthy? That might be that t shirt worthy. That might be a t shirt along with whatever's once every. I gotta keep forgetting to do the fantasy. Come I, on, it's now. it's it's this probably the probably the biggest thing in my life. I'm gonna be honest with so, you. So, if you got three minutes or however long you want to go, talk to me about fantasy. Your fantasy, our fantasy. Let's hear. Three minutes starting now. Great week of fantasy football for some, but for some, they lose their top pick. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, the perennial number one, number two picks in every draft in America go down. Luckily, Christian McCaffrey will be back in four to six weeks. Saquon Barkley fans cannot say the same. Uh, Some of my bad men of the week let's talk about. Let's talk about Mr. Dakota Rain Prescott. Boy, oh boy. The only player, and I said it, the only player in NFL history to throw for over 400 yards and rush for three touchdowns. Fun fact about him this week, he was six and a half points from my personal league, which is a 10-year league, six and a half points from the all-time most points scored in one single game by a player. That's pretty impressive. Another bad man of the week is Dalton's boy, Aaron Jones. Good Lord. Come on. That man was running with authority. I think he had 200-something yards total. How many touchdowns did he have? Six, seven? I don't know. Too many. A ton. Aaron Jones is looking great. Ezekiel Elliott is running like his hair is on fire. Unbelievable. Talk about receivers this week. Who had a big receiving week? Mr. Calvin Ridley. That boy is out playing Julio Jones, which is definitely something that not a lot of people can say. Uh, Calvin Ridley has four touchdowns through two weeks. That's pretty impressive. Probably the number one statistical receiver in the NFL at the moment. Another guy I want to talk about is my boy, my my first pick in my fantasy football league, Alva Kamara. He's playing lights out. Can't say the same about the Saints, though. Mm. But Alva Kamara is definitely a high note for them without Michael Thomas this week. Uh, a couple of busts. Todd Gurley looked terrible this week. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fans. You know, everybody jumped on the rookie sensation train. Not so fast, baby. <laughs> Might have been a one-hit wonder. He didn't look, too, didn't look too fast this week. One rookie I do want to talk about, though, 26 carries Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Absolutely destroyed the Minnesota Vikings. And that's a team that I've been high on, and I might have to bite my tongue on that one. Man. Is that, that it? I, I think minutes? that's it. I think I think that's it. That's, that's a pretty good fantasy recap. Now, I say so myself. You know, like I said, I, I say it every week. I know nothing about fantasy. How bad does this Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, all those guys, how bad does this hurt fantasy? You oh. know, especially the big time people that got all their money in it. How oh, bad is this going to oh, affect oh. them? The Saquon Barkley thing is almost, almost insurmountable because, you know, you had the – let's say you had the first or second pick in your league – so that means in the second round you you didn't pick till the end of the round, and so you got a you know a, a, a second tier running back or maybe a second or third tier receiver. That's tough, brother. I mean, I know in my personal league, uh, the guy who has Saquon Barkley is 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 hurting right now. Let me tell you, uh, he's zero two. Don't expect to see any wins anytime soon, and so <sighs> prayers out prayers out to prayers out to Saquon Barkley and and all his fantasy owners for sure. And I pray for that dude with Saquon, but he needs to know that waivers win Super Bowl. He's going to come back and have a great Not season. Not this Super Bowl. I hate waivers don't do everything. That's a big <laughs> loss. <laughs> so talk about the NFL. Before I forgot about fantasy, who am I? We were talking about the Cowboys, and they start off really bad. But they came back. Game-winning field goal with a beautiful Texas twister onside kick. Weird way of doing it. Didn't even have the ball on the tee. Just kind of kicked it and let it roll. The Falcons letting it roll. What a foolish play by them. 
The Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, both looked really good. Talk to me about the forty to thirty nine victory against the Falcons. Man, I uh, you know I don't want to be that guy, but obviously if you watch the game, you would know that the first the first ten minutes of the game for the Dallas Cowboys was was sickening. It was agonizing. Uh, I I I I was in a state of depression. I didn't want to I didn't want to go to my peers at school because I knew I knew what would happen. If you take that out, if you take that out, the Cowboys looked really good. That offense looked like it, you definitely could see the potential that that offense has. Uh, obviously, you know, ball security is, is one of the the big names of, of the game. You know, if you win the turnover battle, you typically win. Now, here's a stat, Dalton. This is this is a a typical ESPN stat. You know, on a Tuesday with the wind blowing 20 miles an hour, this is the first time this has ever happened. Blah blah blah, all that stuff. But this is this is pretty interesting. So, the Atlanta Falcons had 39 points and zero turnovers in their loss against the Dallas Cowboys. Entering that Sunday, teams were 440 and zero when scoring 39 points with zero turnovers. It had never been done, Dalton. Mm. It had never been done. The Atlanta Falcons did not turn the ball over. They scored 39 points, and they lost to the Dallas Cowboys. That stings. That absolutely stings. And, and, you know, Dallas definitely dodged a bullet there. Uh, I saw a stat where where 12% of teams that have gone 0-2, started the season 0-2, make the playoffs. And so that's definitely something that you see and you worry about. But if I'm a Cowboys fan, and everyone knows I am, I'm feeling pretty good about this win. It definitely showed that we have a lot of fight. Uh, I'm excited going forward. I think Dakota Prescott is is definitely showing that he's worth the money. Um but yeah, that onside kick, dude. No T. He just, you know, I mean, the Texas Twister. You coined it perfect. I saw a stat where Dallas has not re- or not recovered an onside kick in six years. Boy. So that just shows how hard it is to do. And so, great win for the Cowboys, and uh, got a big one this week. And we'll we'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, uh, I think Mike McCarthy is making some bold decisions. He's doing a lot of fake punts. Too bold. A lot of going for it instead of taking the points, and that's how he was with us, so I get it. But sometimes you just got to take the points. But props to Dak Prescott. I don't know if you saw his pregame outfit, but boy, had the cowboy hat on, the boots. Look at Spiffy. Look at Spiffy. I'll give Dak all the credit he deserved for that game. Um, Falcons, man. Poor Falcons fan. This is the second time you've had a choke like that. You just can't have it. So hopefully the Falcons can bounce back. Todd Gurley, don't look good. I'm still sorry, Matt Ryan. He's still mad at me. That's why he's throwing it around like he is. He is tossing that thing around. Good Lord. Now talk about my boys. Now, I didn't have to sit and stress about the game. It was over by halftime. I mean, look at the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers said he's, he's having the most fun he's had in a long time. Aaron Jones is number one with rushing yards. We're the number one rushing offense. This is what Matt LaFleur wanted. My goodness, we look great now. Devontae Adams is questionable with a shoulder injury, and we need him because we got a, we got our first big game. And I get what people are saying. Oh, you played the Vikings and the Lions. They both suck. Everybody thought the Vikings were going to win the NFC North. Even Humphreys over here. We beat them easily. We beat the Lions easily. Our defense looks great. The D-train, Jair Alexander at corner, the Smith brothers, and we have a third Smith brother, and Rashawn Gary had about three sacks. I knew he was going to be great rookie out of Michigan. We're coming into his second year. He's a great guy. We got a big game, big test for us, but Packers look great, 2-0. We're winning the Super Bowl. How dare I make a safe pick when we did our predictions and not put the Packers in the Super Bowl? I laugh at myself. 
So before we talk about our picks, I'm just going to buzz through some of the games. Bears-Giants 17-13. Mitchell Trubisky, is he doing well? The Bears doing well? How are the Giants going to bounce back without Saquon Barkley? Are they tanking for Trevor? Uh, the Bucks and the Panthers, 31-17. Brady has never started 0-2. Comes back, destroys the Panthers. Uh, Titans-Jags. Titans playing sloppy, but they're still 2-0, 33-30. Good game for the Titans-Jags. They look all right. Garner Mishnew is fighting to not be the worst team in the NFL. We got the Browns and the Steelers, or the Broncos and the Steelers. Uh, Cortland Sutton gets hurt. Drew Locke is a little banged up. Steelers look pretty good. Is it going to wonder how that changes the division for them? Bills Dolphins 31 to 28. Bills. Are Bills still going to dethrone the Patriots? I don't know because the Patriots, they had a great game against Seattle. It definitely impressed me against Seattle. But Josh Allen is still the answer. We're going to talk about Buffalo later in our picks. 30 to 15. Washington football team loses to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray is making a run for MVP. And Cliff Kingsbury is going for Coach of the Year like I picked. And look at DeAndre Hopkins. D-Hop, Has wow. not stopped a beat. The Texans are crying. If anything, he's better. Speaking of the Texans, they lose a bad one to who they lose to. Baltimore. Baltimore. What a, what a, what a first three weeks. Bill O'Brien might be getting fired. They're playing the Steelers next week. We're Oof. not even going to pick that Oof. game. Uh, and then the game I want to talk about before we get into our picks is the Chiefs versus the Chargers. Now... Justin Herbert, you know, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt in warm-ups. They put in Justin Herbert, and they almost win a game. They got Buckner kicking the field goal to win. Uh, Chiefs win it 23-20. Now, the coaches said Tyrod Taylor is the starter for next week. Is that a good decision, seeing how Herbert plays, or is Herbert going to be the quarterback coming in these next few weeks? Listen, Dalton, if you remember correctly, I went out on a limb for our little – a little preseason prediction NFL honors. And if, you, if you'd if you go back and look, you would remember that Ryan Humphreys picked Justin Herbert <laughs> to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. He keeps playing like that. He keeps he keeps going toe-to-toe with the best in the league. Buddy, buddy, there's not going to be any room for Tyrod Taylor. Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, the first quarterback to throw for a touchdown and rush for a touchdown in the first half of an NFL career debut. That's big time, baby. That's big time. That's what he did at Oregon. And if that's what he can bring to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, I, I definitely see see a bright future for that young man. Yeah, and you know, you're a big Oregon guy. I get that. Now, do you put that on a great Justin Herbert performance or a bad Chiefs game? What, what would happen to the Chiefs? Were they just struggling defensively? I know Mahomes was still doing his thing. He had some lucky, not lucky, but some really great big throws at the end. Or are the Chargers just a team to look out for? You know, I... I Honestly, I'd say neither. Uh, I think that the I think that the Chiefs are are still the best team in the NFL. They just won the Super Bowl. I think they're looking to to two peat. Uh, and I don't know that they played bad. They didn't play their best game, but they still you know Mahomes still slinging that thing around. Uh, but yeah, Chargers they will make some noise. I know the Raiders uh, definitely can compete in that division. They've showed that. Uh, Denver. Lose lose some pretty big time players uh, for them, so you know maybe maybe the Chargers pass them up. I know we had them flip flop in the preseason predictions, but yeah, you know who knows? Justin Herbert, offensive offensive rookie of the year. Watch. Yeah. So speaking of rookie of the year and rookies, we're gonna start with our picks, the ones that we picked last week, and the first one is the Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals, thirty five to thirty. Now I had the Browns to win, which they did, but Joe Burrow looked very good out there. But Joe Burrow is fighting for his life. If he stays on the on the Bengals, he will not make it three years because he is going to tear everything in his body. Um, how the Browns look, and are, is Joe Burrow still the answer? I think Joe Burrow looked great. Uh, anytime you can trust a rookie to throw it 62 times in one game, 
that says a lot. And so, you know, he can't help that the the Bengals suck, uh, but I definitely think that he is the long-term answer. Browns with a must-win right there. You know, time's ticking for Baker. So it's his third year. He, he needs to win some ballgames. Yeah, I'm high on Baker, and it's good to see Odell kind of having a good game again, coming back to what he used to be on the Giants. The next game is the Colts versus the Vikings. I thought Kirk Cousins was going to come back and have a comeback game. They lose to the Colts 28-11. to Kirk Cousins is not an elite quarterback. We have found that out. The Colts look really good. Jonathan Taylor's your guy. Uh, how do the Colts look? Do you, do you think they can make a good run in the South? I know the Texans are dropping and the Titans, you know, they're doing good. Can Do you think it will become a Titans versus Colts and an AFC South? Well, I would say that, that the Colts definitely dropped a big one week one against Jacksonville, but this win over Minnesota definitely shows me that they are ready to try and dethrone the Titans uh, in the AFC South. I don't think that uh, Houston is as good as Indianapolis, personally. I think that they're going to ride uh, Jonathan Taylor's coattails until they fall off. I mean, 26 carries in his first start ever and, and puts up over a 100-yard performance. That's pretty big time. And so, you know, we'll see. I think the Titans are, are off to a slow start, but they're still the favorites in that division. Vikings, definitely the most disappointing team in the NFL thus far. Yeah, for you. Not for me. I saw it coming. Uh, the Titans, they're playing sloppy, but they're still getting the job done. And uh, the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, we saw him in college, and it's nice to see him finally showing his true colors. Uh, the next game, great game. Wow. Patriots versus the Seahawks, 35-30. to Just like every time they play, it came down to the last play. <laughs> Patriots-Seahawks never disappoints, ever. And if only Cam would will go outside, bad play by the fullback, missed his block. They make the tackle. The Seahawks win. Man, Russell Wilson for MVP is a topic. Cam Newton for comeback player of the year is now a really high possibility. Is Cam Newton still an elite quarterback? Boy, hard to say otherwise, the way he's playing through two weeks. Uh, I wanted to say that week one was was possibly a fluke, but I consider Seattle probably the best team in the NFC, and so going toe-to-toe with them with a chance to, to beat them on the last play of the game definitely showed me what I need to know uh, as far as the Patriots and Cam Newton goes. Yeah, Patriots still, you lack of really good receivers. They still have Julian Edelman, but when they're on that goal line, Cam, you, you know Cam Newton's getting the ball, and he scored three rushing touchdowns. He's I'm, the big I'm not body. bad at the play call. I, I think it was it was the right move to run Cam. You know, I, I think vertical, or not vertical, lateral, You know, get some lateral movement to, to space people out. Honestly, Dalton, running up the middle, but 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 why not your receivers? Don't don't mm-hmm. let them put nine in the box. You know, yeah. everyone in the stadium, everyone in the world knows it's going to Cam Newton, and that's fine. But but at least somewhat disguise it. You know what I mean? Now let me give you this: Patriots or Bills, Seahawks or Cardinals. Ooh man, uh, Seahawks over Cardinals for now. Uh, I, obviously, the Cardinals are definitely trending up, but I still have Seattle as the best team in the NFC. Uh, Patriots, Bills, man. Obviously, the last twenty years, the Patriots have owned that game. But uh, I'm gonna stick with the Patriots. I like what I saw out of them uh, in Seattle. Uh, but I'd say today, give me the Patriots. Yeah, Josh Allen is leading the league in pass yards, and you know that boy can run. Cam Newton is still Cam Newton, so it's definitely gonna be a cool matchup. And you know the Cardinals and the Seahawks. And then our last game, the Monday night game, and wow, what a surprise! Debut in the Death Star. Boy, how pretty does that stadium look? The all-black, I am in love with it. I might become a Raiders fan. <laughs> Raiders with the upset, 34-24. to Really good Raiders team or, or a decent, underperforming Saints team? I would say above average, above average Raiders team. Excuse me. I love John Gruden. I've said it a million times on this podcast. And a very different-looking Drew Brees. A very 
old Drew Brees. Mm. A very not throw the ball down the field well Drew Brees. A very I need Michael Thomas badly Drew Brees. A very please God can we give Alvin Kamara the ball 50 times Drew Brees. I don't know, Dalton. I think that I think the Saints are good. I want them to be good, but I don't know. I I I don't know. I don't I don't know if they're as good as Seattle. I don't know if they're good as Dallas. I don't they're they don't look as good as Green Bay right now. I'll tell you that. And you know, you're big on Father Time and coming to get you. He you never said loses. It, you said he it with never Brady. Loses. Rogers time is coming. A couple years. Breeze it might be happening now. Man, shout out to the Raiders. You know, John Gruden gets a lot of hate because he's kind of been disappointing. Derek Carr gets a lot of hate because he's been underperforming. But we said it last week. Don't sleep on the Raiders. They got Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends. They got Darren the- Waller. Good Lord. Stud. Talk about king mismatch. 6'6 six, six and runs like that? And let me, let me tell you about the tight ends in the NFL. We've had, in two weeks... 34 tight end touchdowns. I mean, good Lord, the tight ends are changing the game. I don't we'll know be- if that's good or not, but it sounds immaculate. That sounds like a lot of t- touchdowns. You know, we're coming from the, the big blocking guys to now a more receiving, quick Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey. You love to see it. We love to see those tight ends. Um, but the Raiders, man, we we kind of had them low. and It looks like they could win. Well, no. They're not winning the division. But but, but they, they're making some noise in the wild card race. Wild card could happen. Yes. So don't sleep on the Raiders. They're going to have an interesting season, just like our Cardinals. Now we've got our picks. And this was a hard week, one of the harder weeks we've had in a while. Hardest week we've had. I agree. Hardest week? We're going to give it that? NFL, I would say. So as a whole, I mean, there's a reason we picked differently in three of of four games in college. Uh, Before we do our picks, I want to update you on our Alan Lazard, Michael Gallup competition. And in a surprising twist, they are both tied at 108 yards, which is great for Alan Lazard because Humphreys and nobody else thought he would even be in the running. Michael Gallup, a little disappointing, but you know what? Alan Lazard's coming for that more yards. It's I, Honestly, Dalton, it, it's because CeeDee Lamb looks so good. And and this last what, week, he looked great. What did I say? I said with, uh, with CeeDee Lamb coming uh, in. How, how good does Marquez Valdez-Scanling look for the Packers? Uh, he drops I think he's too many, the two. He drops way too many balls. Oh. And now that Devontae Adams is questionable, Alan Lazard's number one. Oh. Scanling's number two. Scan, Scanling has like 170 yards to, to Lazard's 108. Hey, then it, I guess it's receiver three versus receiver three. <laughs> So for our first pick, and this is a tough one. I know you were struggling to make this choice. The Dallas Cowboys versus Seattle Seahawks. Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott thrown for a lot, but Russell Wilson, MVP running. They just beat a really good Patriots team. Cowboys almost lose to the Falcons. Now, I know you struggle with this personally, so tell me who you're picking. All right, I want to I wanna explain myself before I make this pick, okay? I, I'm obviously a homer. You know that. Um and I fully was prepared to come into this episode and picking who I thought uh, who I thought would win, uh, and that was going to be the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, but then I thought to myself, Dalton, am I really in my heart just trying to reverse jinx myself, <laughs> taking the loss in the name of the Dallas Cowboys? And I and 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 you'd think I'd do that. But then I hear that you're picking the Seahawks. Mm, and so is this is an easy opportunity to, to, to get one game back on Dalton. He's got the lead. I've got to make money moves, ladies and gentlemen. Give me the Dallas Cowboys in Seattle. If you look at it, mm. one of the tougher places to play in the NFL. However, in the last 10 years, uh, that's Arlington North for, for the Dallas Cowboys. We dominate Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Give me Dakota Rain Prescott. He's coming for that MVP trophy this year. Love Russell Wilson. 
but the boys get it done this week. Now, I got to give you shout-outs and props for not taking the safe pick. I always talk about it, but I am not stupid. I want to keep my crown. And I would have been a little bit – this would have been a little bit harder if I didn't watch the Rams game and I didn't hear about the first quarter of the Falcons game. You know, if you let off the gas with Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, you're not coming back. And Russell Wilson's been playing so good. Give me the Seattle Seahawks now. The home field advantage – you know, the reason why that field is so hard to play is because it's loud, because it's a packed house. No packed house. So it's going to be a little different. No home field advantage for the Seattle Seahawks. But give me Seattle in an easy victory. Ooh, easy. Easy victory. Ooh. With a bad secondary. Look at Jared Goff throwing it around. Russell Wilson's going to throw it around even more. It's going to be a bad game for the Cowboys. But I could see Dakota having a nice game, but not enough. Give me the Seattle Seahawks. Game number two, team we just talked about, the Los Angeles Rams playing the Buffalo Bills. We're both high on Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. The Rams are 2-0. They're surprising a lot of people. Who do you got? Josh Allen versus Jared Goff. Man, two and two, uh, both 2-0 teams. Definitely uh, Rams have looked surprising. They beat a, a good Cowboys team, and they beat a, a maybe good Eagles team. I'm not really sure. Uh, they're, they're looking a little suspect this year. But 2-0 is 2-0 nonetheless. Uh, Sean McVay is a stud. He's an awesome play caller. But give me Buffalo, who who before the season was my Cinderella team. Uh, I think that they have all the tools to to win their their division over the Patriots. Uh, give me Buffalo. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I'm going Buffalo. I really like Josh Allen this year. Stephon Diggs was a great pick for the Bills, or not pick, but great trade and uh, accusation. Um, the Rams, I'm still not high on them. They had a great game against Dallas, but like I said, Dallas defense is atrocious. They are terrible. Um, so I'm going Buffalo. I still think the Buffalo Bills can win the division. They just got to beat out the Patriots. Could be a good game. Uh, could be a shootout, but I see Josh Allen running that thing. Uh, the next game, big game for the Green Bay Packers. This is our chance to prove ourselves as an elite team in the NFC. Playing the Saints, disappointing game for the Saints, but they're still, they still have decent players. Michael Thomas, is he coming back? Is he not? Drew Brees, is, is he who he is? Can Aaron Jones continue his running dominance that he does? And can our D-train handle the saints who you picking for this game and don't be dumb this one took about five seconds for me to pick uh and father time's not winning just yet give me drew Brees. Oh, michael no. thomas comes back runs oh runs the dirtiest routes on your green bay packers alvin kamara is about to have not one not two but three touchdowns this mm. week. He's gone two in week one, two in week two. He said he's looking for a three spot in week three. Give me New Orleans in the Superdome. Packers fall to two and one. See, you, you do this every time. You, you doubt against the boys. Let me tell you what. Jair Alexander is going to lock up Michael Thomas. Who? Jair Alexander is, is going to lock up Michael Thomas. <laughs> the Triple Smith brothers, the Darius Preston, and now Rashawn Gary. The, he's going to come in. We're going to stop Alvin Kamara. We have a great run defense. We have a great secondary and their defense is not going to be able to stop Aaron Jones and our running offense. And even if, you know, as long as we protect Aaron Rodgers, our line is a little hurt, a little in and out, but not a lot of sacks on Aaron Rodgers. It depends. Now, I'll give you, I'll give you all this. If Devontae Adams is out, it could change everything. It could change the whole look on the game. But even if Alan Lazard, Scanling, Aaron Rodgers can still put it on the money, all you have to do is run straight and get open. That's Sunday Night Football, so that'll be a fun one. So give me Green Bay. I will never doubt my boys. I should have never picked them not to win the Super Bowl. That was a stupid choice by me. We're going 3-0, domination. We're going to probably put up 40 again and be the best offense in the NFC. 
by far. In the last game, ooh we got ourselves a the showdown. main event. Wow. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Baltimore Ravens. We haven't even talked about the Ravens because they have just dominated everybody they've seen. Kansas City had a close one against a rookie quarterback and a decent Chargers team. Can they stop the can or the Baltimore offense? Who are you picking for this showdown? Undoubtedly, I have this as my AFC championship without without hesitation. These are the two best teams in the AFC now, and they're going to be the two best teams in the AFC then. Man, tough one. I pondered on this one all day. Pondered on it. I love Baltimore, what they're doing. Lamar Jackson has proven me wrong each and each week. I think he's he he can't he can't sustain the stats running the ball like he does, but sure enough he is. I like Mark Andrews a tight end. They got my boy Justin Tucker at kicker, hook him horns. But the 903, the heart and soul of the East Texas, Beast Texas 903, Patty Mahomes marches into Baltimore, walks out with a dub, going for back-to-back Super Bowls, Dalton Meyer, Kansas City wins this one, goes to 3-0. Baltimore, one of the most talented teams in the NFL, falls to 2-1. Not so fast. In Baltimore, this is going to, you know, it, it really matters who's at home. And like I say, I always say home field advantage doesn't matter because without fans. But going to Baltimore, the Ravens are going to, ready for this, destroy the Chiefs. Ooh. Destroy the Ooh. Chiefs. You heard it here. That's hot. The Ravens have been on a just murder, murder roll. They, you know, they beat the Texans. Okay, the Texans are an okay team. They were able to stop Deshaun Watson, who's a great quarterback. And they, their defense, their secondary is great. Their front is really good. You know, as long as they stop Patrick Mahomes, Clyde you act like the Chiefs didn't do the same thing week one. True, but did you watch the Chargers Chiefs? Game? I did. That, I did. That's, that, what, that's what did. worries me is how poorly they. Well, they, they didn't play poorly. But they lost. They almost lost to a rookie quarterback and an average Chargers team. The Ravens are an average team. If the Ravens don't lose to the Titans in a fluke game, Ravens might be in the Super Bowl because I think they would have beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. I like Lamar Jackson. I like how they changed their entire offense for Lamar. They have a really cool system how they run it. I love their, t- their tight end, Mark Andrews. I love uh, Mark Ingram. I love Hollywood Brown. Boy, put on some weight. I love their defense. Their defense is what's going to change everything. And if it comes down to kickers, they got two great t- kickers on each side, or they each have a good kicker on their side, but Justin Tucker is a superior kicker. And if it comes down to a field goal, it's going to be the Ravens. I'm going Ravens in a close one. Oh, no. No, no. No. Ravens are destroying the Chiefs, and I am going to stick with that. So we have a lot of different picks. This is going to change. We're going to have a new king. Well, we might have a new king. It's either going to change it's either going to stay me for a lot, or you're going to be the king by a lot, and I will have to make a lot of ground to come back. You're going to have to make a lot of ground if I win. Uh, went a little bit long. We had a lot of news and a lot of games to talk about. Fun week of picks next week. Got a lot of good games. Uh, Humphreys, anything else before we close it out? Man, I'm excited. So glad the football's back. I'm, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, so uh, you know, we'll see you next week talking about the picks. Maybe some news comes out. We'll talk about everything going on, and we'll talk about how the Packers went 3-0 and the Dallas Cowboys lost to Seattle. We're going to have a great week next week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.